Hello there, everyone. Welcome to Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast and a video cast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world. Speaking of traveling the world, we're back in Manila, Philippines, just arrived today after a long bus commute from La Union, which is about uh, six hours north uh, of Manila. And uh, as we're traveling, we document all our travels on our blog, social media, YouTube channel, and of course, we continue with our podcast episodes. We're already at about 460 episodes, and we're closing in to the magic 500th episode, so we'll probably cross that in the next month or so, so stay tuned for the big celebration party for that one. And on today's episode, we have an amazing digital nomad, and out of my 460 episodes, I have yet, I have yet to interview a Singaporean digital nomad. So the first Singaporean digital nomad on my show, super honored to invite our guest here, her name is Chris Tan, and she's the founder of Chris Media, and she's a specialist in running online conferences. And this is something we haven't covered too much of on our show either. Um, so super excited to cover this topic because obviously it's a great way to fund your digital nomad lifestyle, uh, traveling the world and running virtual summits and online conferences. So uh, Chris is actually from Singapore, but she's actually joining us from Mexico today. And I'm from Canada, I'm joining us from the Philippines today. So we have definitely quite a lot of cultures intermixing here on the podcast. So Chris, how are you doing over there in Mexico today? Hey, what's up? Doing really great. It's really hot outside right now, uh, believe it or not. <laughs> we don't have a heat wave right now. I mean, this is kind of like the heat wave. So I mean, Mexico City is a little bit high up. So it's kind of, you know, cold at night, warm in the day. It's pretty good here. Yeah, you know, I, I was in Mexico uh, City actually earlier this year, and I was surprised how cold it got because I have the stereotype of Mexico being hot, uh, sunny yeah, weather right. yeah. all the time. And I was like, yeah. man, I should have brought the jacket <laughs> Mexico cold, and I was there in like December, January. It is super but, cold, yeah. Yes. It is cold. Like, end of the year, it gets like zero degrees. I, I, I don't know what, what's that in Celsius for those who are tuning in from the States. Um, it, it always like, you know, fun little thing with, with the Celsius thing. But it gets really, really cold. And uh, people don't realize how high Mexico City is. So the first time I got here, I was like, why? I just cannot breathe. You know, because like, of the altitude. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to do jujitsu. Like literally like three days after I arrived. And I died. I died because I was like, I couldn't breathe. And it was so cold. And I was just like rolling around with like people around me. And it was like, oh. But I love the city. The city is awesome. Like, you know, a lot of people have this misconception, like, you know, Mexico is just like this one big desert, like maybe because they live right next to the border. <laughs> it's really hot right now. <laughs> but it really isn't. It's, it's this diverse country and has like different climates and it's really amazing. Yeah, yeah. No, I am a big advocate of Mexico travel, but uh, especially Mexico City. You hear of the big world cities like London and Paris and New York and L.A. And no one really Mex mentions Mexico as a top, Mexico City as a top like city tourist destination. But it's incredible. There's so many parks and museums and culture and live music and art. And yeah, it's a, definitely a great place. So uh, good on you for, you know, advocating for tourism <laughs> there to Mexico City. Uh, what I want to do, Chris, is, uh, you know, as we do with the show, is we always like to know our guests. Uh, so if you want to share a little bit of your backstory uh, from Singapore and becoming a digital nomad, that alone would make an amazing book. So tell it's, us. It's like, yeah, it's like, I feel like I need to write like a book about it, about being this unicorn Singaporean digital nomad, just because like there aren't that many of us. It's like if you spot us, catch us like Pokemon and keep <laughs> yeah, us, because you're going to find that many of us. <laughs> catch them all. Um, so... <laughs> Yeah, I'm from Singapore. My name is Chris and I'm the founder of Chris Media. So we run online conferences for entrepreneurs and marketers. 
Um, and, and like Rick said, like we really aren't that many. So um, for those of you who've been to Singapore, you kind of know how, how kind of like a corporate lifestyle it is. It's just like this financial hub of Singapore. And uh, we all grew up with this mentality that we need to work in a corporate, you know, career. I mean, it's pretty much like every first world country, right? Like, you know, climb the corporate ladder. Nothing's wrong with that. Like, really, I, I don't believe that being a digital nomad is better than working in an office or so. It's just a different alternate lifestyle. And I left, I was in advertising for seven years. Um, so I, I graduated out of school. I moved to Thailand for a year. Um, it was like kind of like my, my defining moment in my life when everyone went to college and I decided that I was going to turn down my, my scholarship to University of Oregon and I was going to move to Thailand instead and <laughs> learn Thai and Muay Thai. Like, why not, right? Like, instead of going to debt as an international student in the U.S. and like 200000 in debt, I was like, oh, I'm going to move to Thailand, <laughs> live in Pai for a year. And, um, and that's what I did. So turned on the scholarship, moved to Thailand. Um, and then I was like, oh, I'm broke. <laughs> I have to move back. I was like, what, like 20 at that time, 21. So I moved back to Singapore. And at that time, my friend was in, you know, she was in advertising. And, and I was like, oh, advertising sounds fun. Like, you know, really just like, right? Like, who do I, who, like after watching Mad Men, wouldn't you want to join advertising? So I was like, okay, I'll just join advertising. And so I did. So I, I, I joined advertising. And then um, after two, three years, I left to do a backpacking around Europe for six months. And then I went to like China and I did a couple more months there. And, and I was, I was like, I don't really want to go back to advertising, but I'm broke again. So I had to go back and, you know, went back to the same agency doing the same job, literally like nothing changed uh, from the time I left and um, just hated every second of it. I was like, I need to do something else. And ever since I was a kid, I've always wanted to start my own business. I mean, that sounds so cliche, right? Everyone's like, oh, you know, I sold lemonade. lemonade <laughs> stand. I sold football cards. Um, so when I was a kid, I used to sell football cards. I would buy like a stack of them and sell them to all these gullible little boys. who <laughs> had just no idea how much I bought it for. <laughs> um, and so um, fast forward, I, I, I was working on my first startup idea um, while I was still working advertising. And then I eventually left advertising to focus like 100% on my startup. That failed, like failed terribly <laughs> uh, because I had no startup experience, no experience whatsoever. Uh, with business, you know, everything I knew was just like, oh, how do I run advertising campaigns for, you know, P&G brands, Unilever brands, like, right, these are companies with like, millions of dollars to spend on advertising, and I had nothing to spend on advertising, um, but the mindset was there, so it was just like, okay, how do I advertise my brand and grow my brand the way Unilever would, so that failed miserably, uh, and that moved on to my second startup idea, which also failed, <laughs> uh, but at that time, I had a co-founder for the second startup idea, so at least I wasn't feeling alone, right? So I had someone to feel with. Um, and I was already in Mexico by that time uh, because like after, after the first startup failure, I was like, look, I'm still in Singapore. I'm still working out of a cafe in Singapore and a cup of coffee in Singapore is like five bucks, right? So I'm like, what the hell am I paying five bucks to sit in the cafe in Singapore, um, you know, when I and still living with my mom, when I could, you know, travel the world and feel miserably about traveling the world. So I'm like, you know, so I decided I was going to move. So I went to the States first and then I, I eventually moved on towards Latin America because I wanted to learn Spanish as well. Um, so it was while my time, during my time in Latin America that I failed on my second startup. Um, I was just bumming around. Like I was just like, you know, what am I doing? You know, I'm so far away from home. I gave up my career um, and I just like, you know, had no income coming in for the past 
two years really while well. I was working my both startups, right? Really just no income. I was surviving on what I had saved. Um, and thank God I'm super Asian because I really saved. So I'm really lucky in that. <laughs> but yeah, like, um, and then I was just like working for some companies, freelancing here and there, you know, doing digital marketing, doing some graphic design work really make no sense but I'm you know surprisingly talented in that so um just doing some of these stuff and then just eventually just kind of just kind of just came across the idea of running online conferences while visiting my friend in, in Bangkok so I was like oh why not just like start an online conference so I did one and it did really well and I was like hmm that's an idea there and I was like I'm gonna niche down and I, I really don't want to do online conferences like like, you know, for, I don't know, for chiropractors or something. So I really only want to do online conferences for entrepreneurs and marketers. And so that's kind of what I've been doing. And that's kind of how Chris Media just kind of formed. And, and, and really, that's how, where I am right now. Awesome, man. Thank you for sharing the backstory. And also, thank you for sharing those failures. Uh, because, uh, you know, the road <laughs> to success is definitely failure after failure after failure after failure. And uh, the more you <laughs> fail, uh, you know, eventually you kind of figure out what's working, what's not. And I'm glad. Uh, you were able to uh, stumble upon the whole online conference model. And of course, that model uh, is quite varied. Uh, right now, obviously, there's this virtual summits that are quite hot, and uh, it's a little bit of a different model than what you do. So maybe you can explain um, what is an online conference. I think we, we kind of know, but uh, according to you, how do you define it? And maybe you can explain what are the different types of online conferences. Sure. So an online conference is basically a conference that's run online and the only difference is that you don't have to physically fly to a place and and attend it so if you're from asia or from africa or from australia anywhere but the u.s or canada you are doomed you will not get a lot of physical conferences that is worth the salt um so you know these these experts aren't gonna fly you know to asia often or or down to australia or whatever um it's just like really if you're from the u.s you get an opportunity but if you're not from the u.s you're really you know stuck so that's one reason why I wanted to run online conferences as well. Um, but really, it's just like, you know, it's me interviewing you, um, just like how you're interviewing me right now, and then kind of just packing a package. Ah, that was a difficult word to say, packaging it up as a conference. Um, and, and Chris Media, kind of we run it as kind of differently because like a lot of people run online conferences for free. And the reason they do that is because they want to grow their email leads and, you know, grow their list. And it, it's not wrong as well. I mean, a lot of experts, they kind of sell it that way as well. You know, like with an online conference, you grow your email list and that's great, right? And that's kind of how we started as well. We kind of ran the first one for free, kind of just kind of throw our brand, you know, my name, you know, spotlight. But we don't do that now because we kind of changed our, our model and also the people we want to attract. So we kind of sell online tickets for, um, you know, we stream it for 24 or 48 hours. You pay a, like a low price, like super low price, or you can get the, the lifetime access pass and you watch it forever and ever and ever um, for a certain price. So we kind of do it that way. So that ends, in essence, it's, that's kind of how uh, an online conference is. Okay. So in terms of the themes and topics, obviously there's a whole bunch of different themes and topics you can talk about when it comes to business and marketing. So uh, tell us about how do you pick your themes and topics and what are some of the ones you've ran so far? Right. So the first one was on social media online summit. And really the way I kind of picked it was what am I good at or what have I been doing my past, you know, my whole life. So I've been doing, you know, social media marketing and online marketing, um, 
and different facets of, of advertising for the past seven years. And so really there was nothing else I could talk about except those in running my own business. Um, so the idea of an online summit is to go as niche as possible. But I made a first kind of like, no, I wouldn't say a mistake, but I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do a generic social media marketing. I'm going to invite all the top social media marketers for seven different social media channels. And it was a success. So, I mean, it just kind of goes to show that you don't really have to go that niche. I mean, it's great to go niche because I feel like my subsequent um, conferences are really niche, but it's also okay to go generic. Really, there's no right or wrong answer there. It's just really kind of just testing it out. But you really have to be running an online conference that you are passionate about, or at least you have some information about. Because if you were like, my partner does astrology, right? So if I were to run an online conference right now on astrology, I literally have no questions to ask because I don't even know anything about it. <laughs> it's just going to be me asking, what is astrology? That's literally the only question I can think of right now. Um, so it just kind of goes to show how you really have to be kind of an expert as well in, in whatever you are, you are kind of running. So really the idea is like after social media online summit, I was like, okay, um, I really, I don't want to just run one conference and, 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 you know, because a lot of people just run one, right? They have a different business altogether. Like they are coaches or consultants. And so that's just kind of like a way for them to grow their business. But I want to make this my business. So I was like, okay, I want to focus. So who do I want to target? I want to talk to entrepreneurs and marketers. I want, I want to serve this crowd of people because these are my people, right? I, I struggle along with them. Like I feel twice miserably, even though I had real life experience. <laughs> so, um, so what, what, what would I want to learn? So I want to learn how to grow my business, my, my traffic, right? A lot of people start their business and you're like struggling with getting more traffic. So I ran my second online conference as organic traffic conference. So everybody learned how to, you know, SEO, content marketing. And then I ran my third online conference about paid ads because everybody is like into paid advertising now. So they learn about Facebook advertising and Google AdWords. And then the fourth one is about Pinterest marketing because Pinterest has been really something that I've been super curious about and I want to learn more about it. So, um, I brought back some of the speakers I interviewed um, in the Social Media Online Summit, and I had some new speakers coming in, just kind of sharing about Pinterest marketing. And then for like the upcoming ones, we're talking about Instagram marketing, we're talking about email marketing, we're talking about Etsy marketing. So those are some that's coming up. So really just like, you know, things that would benefit my audience at the end of the day. Yeah, those uh, topics are definitely uh, quite relevant to any business owner, uh, social media, organic marketing, content marketing, you mentioned, uh, you know, email marketing, paid marketing, Pinterest marketing, yep. all, all those are very, very relevant and uh, much, much needed uh, for mm -hmm. business growth. Um, so I'm curious to know if uh, one of our audience members, you know, who's listening or watching to a podcast or videocast, they want to start a similar business model to you. Uh, we're always trying to equip our listeners and viewers so that they can become digital uh, nomads and they can start successful um, online enterprises. So, you know, yeah. tell us about what tips you'd give to someone who's doing it for the first time, because you've obviously done it uh, several different conferences. You've made a lot of mistakes and had a lot of successes. Uh, what advice would you give to someone who's brand new at uh, virtual online conferences? First, you just got to expect it to be Oh, super difficult, man. I'm telling you, a lot of people don't realize how difficult it is running an online conference. Like how the first one took me three to four months to get ready. So that just gives you the kind of like the skill of how much you need to do because you really have to get your backend right. You know, you have to get your website up and you have to do the interviews. You have to invite these speakers. You have to get your email marketing ready. You have to get your design ready. You have to get, you know, everything has to be ready. Your, your, the questions you want to ask and you have to do research, right? Cause you want to ask good questions that people are going to actually want to, want to hear the answer to. So you have to do a ton of research. Um, 
so it's a lot of work that's involved in running an online summit. And, and actually one of the speakers, um, after running my first conference, he actually is like, Hey, can I just kind of talk to you? Um, you know, I want to, I'm thinking about running an online conference as well. And we were talking and I was like, dude, if webinars working for you, stick to webinar, man. Like, like it is not, it is not like, you know, an online conference is great. You know, when, when you run it, cause you, you will grow your email list, you will grow, you know, you grow your knowledge, you grow your connections with the speakers, but I'm telling you, it's tough. It's tough as hell. Running a webinar is way much easier than running an online summit. And if you are starting out, maybe you want to consider running a webinar first um, or, or trying some other ways before jumping head in. Because besides all that time that's, you know, that you'll need to start an online conference, it's money involved as well. You need to pay a developer to get things up and running. And they're in cheap because there's like so many hours and so many components you know, you know, for, for an online conference. Um, I know people who are like, oh, I'm not going to use an, a website. I'm just going to use um, a Teachable or Thinkrific or something like that. Um, sure. I mean, if, if that, that's the route you want to go down, um, I'm not a fan of that because that's just kind of like, it comes across as cheap looking. Um, and there's like, you know, then you have to hire a graphic designer, unless you're a designer, you have to hire, a, you know, you have to write a whole bunch of emails, you know, unless you are really great at writing emails. So there's like so many things. And then you have to make sure that you've got good Wi-Fi, fast Wi-Fi, you know, and a whole bunch of stuff, right? So it's really just a lot of effort. But if you are starting and you really want to do it, the first thing I'll say is to define that niche. Define that one idea of yours. So if you are, for example, a fitness instructor, your fitness you know, coach, for example, and, and you, you have clients you know, or a yoga instructor. So yoga conference is very generic. I mean, it, you might want to niche down into vinyasa yoga, for example, or you know, if you're a fitness coach, it could be like the nerd fitness or fitness while traveling or, you know, vegan fitness or, you know, something along those lines or CrossFit or fitness from home or fitness for moms. You know what? You, you get what I mean, right? So like fitness is, is super broad. Not that it's a bad thing. It's just that it's really difficult to market it. And when you're trying to run paid ads, you're like, okay, it's really easy to target those who are vegans and into fitness versus everyone into fitness so it's just kind of like you can start from a very niche one and maybe you want to can you can branch out later on if you want to do more than once um but that's just kind of really where to start and then you want to start looking for your speakers right so it's really just the people you kind of know from you know from from your, your your days or or online you know the, the influencers what i found is that it's always nice to have one or two big big names maybe two more than two but um, the people that really matter are the not so big names, but not the newbies as well. So they have a, they've got a good following, but they are not the big names because at the end of the day, the conference will only succeed if your speakers share about your conference, right? So you can use paid dollars behind it, but a lot of people who are starting out, they don't have that amount of money or they don't know how to use Facebook ads well. So they just like, you know, Oh, I'm going to target everyone around the world who's from 18 to 65. And then they fill. Um, so you really need the help of your, <laughs> your help of your speakers to kind of push that, that you know, push about this conference. So you really want to get people who are willing to share about it. And a lot of times these big names or they think they're big names, they ain't going to share about it because uh, either they ha they're talking to way too many um, conferences, physical or online, or they've got like courses, launches, blog articles they got so much to share about they really just don't have the, the, the capacity to talk to share about yours or they're like okay i'm just like giving way too many interviews and you know this is just another interview i'm doing i just don't share about it 
and they're go- they're going to be really upfront. You know, I've had speakers who like before I, I even like chatted them, they're like, I'm not going to share about this. So if you still want me on, you just gonna be, you just you know you just gonna realize that I'm going to share. But I'm like, okay, sure, that's fine. You know, it's okay. At least you're upfront about it. Um. So yeah. So just gonna like you know, and then the 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 people who are up and coming and they don't have that that many followers. They are they are nice to interview sometimes. Um, because you never know, like maybe they might also bring in one or two sales, but, um, they really aren't your focus, like, you know, when you're looking for a speaker. So I would generally like look at the social media following for, for these speakers that I'm trying to invite social media following. If the, if their followers engage with them, because a lot of times people buy followers, you know, back in the days or whatever, right. Or, or people just follow them and don't really engage with them. You really want like this really engaged following. Um, and then I see if they are, you know, I send out an email to them. So what I do is I usually send out an, a, an email with a link to a YouTube video of me inviting them personally. So I say, Hey Rick, you know, my name is Chris. I run and, and, you know, I specifically do this video because I'm like, isn't it nice just to kind of receive like an email with like a video of this person actually inviting you to do something versus just like, Hi, Rick. <laughs> or sometimes worse, like literally, hi, comma. <laughs> it's like, dude, how impersonal can you get? You're literally inviting this person to take time off for you today to just get, you know, to come talk to you. So I do that. And that kind of is interesting because a lot of speakers then tell me that, oh, I only decide to do this with you because you actually sent me, and, uh, you know, something that's different from the rest. Like you decide to take time to do this video. I know you probably do like a batch making of it, but still, like, you know, it's, it's, you, you took time to do this. I'm like, oh, that's great. Um, and from there, you just kind of, once you get your, your speakers confirmed, you kind of want to start crafting your questions for them. So um, I always do a ton of research before, before I, 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 you know, chat with them or craft my questions because I want to I wanna go into forums and, and see what are people asking about a particular topic. So say if it was about Pinterest and analytics, I want to, you know, I, I, I went into you know, forums to see what people were, were asking about that. Um, I watched um, videos. I, I visited, you know, um, blog articles and basically just like crafted questions from it. So then my questions are not superficial because a l- the problem with a lot of online conferences is that, and that's what I've been told as well, it's just so superficial. Like people are just covering just like the most superficial questions. Um, and, and then like the speakers are allowed to pitch. And that's like at the end of the day, people, they are paying for my conferences. My conferences aren't free. So they are paying for it. They want to learn from it, right? And, and at the end of the day, they are only going to buy stuff from the speakers if the speakers are giving something of value to the, the, the attendees. So it's not like a, a pitch fest where you just go to a conference and you're like, oh, this is like the most basic stuff that, you know. So I, I, talk, I, I, I drill like speakers like, you know, how do I skill Facebook ads? You know, if I've only got this amount, like, why am I, like, what are these mistakes? Literally, I'm taking the question that people are asking in forums and I'm asking them there. So these are questions that people really want to know. So that's kind of how you run a successful conference so that the next one people will actually turn, uh, turn up for. Um, once I've got the questions, I make sure that I've got all the gear ready. I've got my Skype ready, my, my eCam for Skype recorder, um, all my tech ready. So here's the thing, right? We always, you know, we prepare, we get everything ready and then something always fails. Like something always fails. Like, like just right before I'll call, the Wi-Fi wasn't working. Um, so... <laughs> Something always doesn't work out as well as we would hope. So we got to like get things like a backup. So I've got Zoom as a backup when Skype doesn't work. Um, and then when you're running the, when a conference is launched and people are, you know, watching it again, things always just, I don't know why, uh, you know, people will tell me, oh, the video isn't loading. And I'm like, 
try a reloading the page and then it worked. So a lot of times you just got to be prepared for it. Uh, you know, te technical problems and issues that, you know, it's really just comes out. I don't know why. And then once you got a tech ready, you just got to interview them. Um, always a good tip just to kind of remind the speakers like two days before, just because like they're so busy that they might forget about your, your, your interview. I've had multiple times where I've reminded them, and I'm sitting there waiting for them and they, they don't turn up. So <laughs> it's kind of a bummer as well. Yeah, because like, you know, these people are super busy, right? Depending on who you're interviewing. Some of them, they're really like, booked, you know, like every hour of the day. So you really just got to catch them and like remind them. I remind their assistants like 10 minutes before and all that. Um, so it's just really crazy. Um, and then once it's all packed up, um, you want to um, edit the videos. You can, you know, pay someone on Upwork to, to do that or do it yourself if you're really, you know, tight on cash. Um, and then you want to kind of, uh, you know, promote the hell out of it. Like I wouldn't promote it like anything like two weeks and, 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 and before, because there's no point. So I do it like, like two weeks, like a w usually even just like uh, 14 days before the conference starts. I'm like, Hey speakers kind of just, you want to share about it right now is a good time. And also because my conferences, we have like super early bird price uh, tickets, early bird tickets and regular tickets and after conference tickets. So Really, it's just like, you know, uh, you want to promote it as, as, as early as possible, but not too early. Because if you do it too early, like I did, like the first one was like a month, like a month before the conference, people are like, oh, there's time, you know, there's time to like, you know, sign up for it whatsoever, right? And they never do. Because like people, like honestly, we, we love thinking that our products is like the best shit on earth. Like, you know, people are just going to like, like they cannot wait to buy our stuff. The thing is, you know, our life is so busy that we're just, we just like, you know, moving on, moving on. And we just forget about like this product we wanted to buy. So we, I do it like, you know, two weeks before, a week before the conference starts. And I'm just like, buy, buy now, buy now, because it's going to, you know, I'm just going to bump up the price soon. Um, and then once it's done, you know, it's time to kind of fulfill the payment. So you just kind of like, this is your, this is your lock-in password. This is your, you know, this is yours. This is yours. So a lot of customer service at the end of it. And then just really just, that's just kind of like the whole process of running an online conference. That takes you three to four months, dude. <laughs> Wow, wow, wow. What solid advice there. I'm going to tell everyone to rewind that five minutes and take super solid notes because that comes from, you know, the, the trial and error, uh, what, what's worked, what hasn't worked. And uh, I have a background in event production and I have even done my own workshop summit last year. And I know, uh, you know, from experience, like uh, you need a lot of time to prepare it plan it out, having, like you said, the backups in case some speakers, like a day before, the, like some of the speakers will just say, sorry, something came up, I can't do it. And you've already promised, you know, your audience, the speaker, and they don't show up or something, and then you gotta fill them in, and like the tech might not work, so you need to have the backup, like Zoom and Skype and Google Hangout, and you know, uh, like triple backup. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, there's so many variables that can go wrong, so yeah, great advice there. Um, I have a question regarding the length of the conference, the number of speakers, the number of days. Uh, walk us through those kind of logistics. What would you recommend there? Yeah, so in terms of length of a, of a session, I, I usually don't... When I, I did my first one, I would go up to an hour. And then I realized, like, you know, would I want to sit there watching an hour of someone chatting? And I'm like, no. So I was like, I've changed it to like 30 minutes, maximum 30 minutes per session. Like, that's what I do now. Um, and, and in terms of number of days or number of, of speakers, so I actually run two types of conferences. I run like a full length conference with like 20, 30 speakers and I run one day conferences where I only have 10 plus speakers maximum. So I kind of do both. Um, and the reason for that is because 
some months I'm just lazy. I don't want to interview that many people. So I just like, I'm just going to do a one, like a one day conference. And also because sometimes you run into like topics that are like, you know, for example, with Facebook ads, there are a lot of things you can, you can talk about, right? You can interview a lot, a lot of things with Instagram marketing, which is going to be a one day conference. There really aren't that many, you know, themes or topics that I can talk about. So really I'm just stretching it. I'm just going to like, you know, I'm just stretching it if, if I have like 30 speakers talking about Instagram marketing. Really, at the end of the day, you know, do we really want to listen to 30 people talking about Instagram marketing strategies? I just want to hear the best. So for that, I run one-day conferences um, where I just only have like maybe like maximum 10 speakers talking about um, a couple of case studies and a couple of, of, you know, strategy strategies. So that's really just kind of like where I'm coming from. Like, you know, if a topic is big enough for me to ask you know, 20 different or 30 different topics about it, right? Then I'll run a big conference where I invite many speakers. If the, if the topic's really like super like small, like Pinterest marketing, Instagram marketing, LinkedIn marketing, for example, then they're not worth inviting that many people because you're just like trying to milk it. So I just do it like a, a 10 day, uh, 10 speakers, one day thing. So it really depends on, on what topic I'm talking about. Yeah, that definitely makes sense there. Like, uh, you know, if it's a little bit broader, you might want to have more speakers and more days. If it's super niche, like something like Instagram, like you said, I think uh, I would struggle to listen to like 30 speakers talking about Instagram, but Instagram. I would want five best Instagram speakers in the world to give me all of their wisdom in one action-packed day. So definitely, I think exactly. you're spot on there in terms of the length of the, length of the conference, number of days number of speakers, et cetera. So uh, tell us also about costs of the conference. So um, in terms of for the attendees, the people who are going to be viewing the conference, uh, what would you say are like kind of the minimum pricing, the early bird, the, uh, you know, kind of going up there? Um, how long does the early bird run? Uh, you know, like upsells, downsells, walk us through the whole costing of the conference. Sure. I think ultimately it really, de it, it depends on, um, you know, the, the niche you're in as well. And also because a lot of people run online conferences for free. So you really have to think of a way to kind of justify why people need to pay to watch, uh, you know, to pay, you know, so for your, so I've been running my, my 24 or 48 hours access pass for uh, 27 bucks, but I'm actually going to increase it. Um, and then I run the uh, all access pass. Usually it's something like depending on, on whether it's a one day or a, a full conference. If it's a one day, I ran it like 67 for a super early, but 87 for, uh, oh no, 67, 97, and 127, something along those lines. Um, notice they all end with seven, there's a psychology behind that. Um, or if it's a big conference, it's usually like uh, 97, 167, 247, and 297. So it really just depends, right? So there is really no right or wrong. It's a really trial and error. So I noticed that, okay, people are paying for this price. So if people are ready to pay for this price, it means that I might be able to up it for the next conference and then, you know, uh, charge a little more. So it's still reasonable. First, I'm like, dude, I am interviewing 10 speakers who are giving everything that they have and you're getting it for 27 bucks for, for, to watch it, right? Like even if you were to go to Starbucks right now and order four cups of coffee, it costs way more than this. And I'm like, so you're telling me that four cups of coffee is worth more than learning from these speakers? So it's just kind of like someone asked me, isn't it better just to run for free and, and then you get all these leads coming in? And I'm like, dude, if someone isn't willing to, to, to pay four cups of coffee, to give up four cups of Starbucks 
to learn from these speakers, they are not my target audience at all. Like they, they, they're not going to buy now. They're not going to buy in the future. They're never going to buy anything from me at $27. That's like the cheapest I can offer. And if they're not willing to like say, Hey, I'm going to pay 27 to learn something from, from these speakers, they ain't going to buy. So that's kind of where I'm coming from and why I no longer run free online conferences. Uh, you know, nothing wrong with running them. It really grows like your email list, like boom, it just grows it. But then I just kind of realized like, you know, I'm just kind of like, you know, moving, moving away from the topic right now, but it's just kind of like, is, is growing an email list, a huge email list worth it? Or is just growing a very targeted email list worth, worth more? So just kind of my thought when it comes to pricing. Yeah, it makes sense then. Also, you got to look at the kind of like, what, the, what is the purpose and goal, right? Like some people, that's the goal to build up the list and uh, build a brand and market themselves, get their name out there, create more visibility of what they're doing. And then they're, like you said, maybe the coaches, the consultants, they have online courses, maybe they have uh, Kindle books or uh, programs that they can sell into uh, during the conference. So, uh, you know, speaking of those kind of things, I'm curious to know about the monetization model. So obviously, um, oh, the, you know, one of the ways obviously to monetize is through admissions alone, uh, people paying up front, you get the money up front, but also there's a lot of ways you can make money on the back end. Uh, so what are some of the different ways, um, conference producers, online conference producers can actually make revenue in multiple ways? Sure. So let's talk about my way first and get like the different other ways later. Um, the way I, I also earn besides these conferences is I, I sell season passes. So at the beginning of the year, and I mean throughout the year, I sell season passes. You pay one super low price and you get access to all the conferences I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do in that year. So that kind of just helps me secure a person, uh, you know, without worrying that, that, that there's going to be churn for this person. So that gives me one, one shot, like upfront cash. Um, then, of course, like, you know, we are going to do other things besides online conferences because like, it's just we need more. I don't know. We're just, we're just like, you know, how can we, we make more out of this, this audience, right? So what can we give? this audience like what do they want so there are plans to offer more things in the future right now we're only focused on online conferences but also besides that we also offer conference as a service so we actually also help people set up their conferences and we charge for that so i mean we've already got the system down literally everything we've got it down so we were like we realized a lot of people are like asking me how do i um start an online conference like you know what do i need and i'm like dude, just pay me, I'll do it for you. So that just kind of became like an idea, right? Like, like, okay, you just worry, worry about interviewing people. I'll do the tech for you. I'll do it all, all these things. I'll even write your email if you want it. Um, so it really just depends. So that's how we monetize it. Now, a lot of people monetize their online conferences by selling a membership at the end, selling their courses at the end, selling an ebook at the end, like you said. Um, it's really just kind of, they, they view the online summit as kind of just a channel for them to sell something at the end of it. And, and that's a great way, right? So that's something that we really have not been tapping into um, at, at Chris Media. We have not really been upselling because we don't yet have a physical product or like an actual product that we want to upsell, like a course or a book or something along those lines. So instead, our conferences are the upsell. People are paying to watch it. So we kind of run it the way a traditional conference would in that sense, right? But we are always constantly thinking, what other benefits can we give to these people? So we are also affiliates of other, you know, tools and all that. So we also share that and we get some affiliate sales out of it as well. So that's just kind of how you can earn money out of an online conference. If, you know, if you're not looking to charge for tickets, at least upsell it, upsell something, you know, sell, you know, your course, your time as a coach, if you're a coach. Um, so there's a lot of ways you can, you can actually sell stuff.
Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I'm glad you brought up all those multiple ways, uh, including, you know, like if people don't feel comfortable producing their own, because you mentioned and I mentioned it's quite difficult in terms of the stress, the time, uh, you know, the mistakes you're going to make to do it yourself. So uh, it is actually quite wise to actually just hire someone. uh, And obviously you can make that money back that that they'll pay you through all these Mm -hmm. monetization methods, right? And, uh, you know, one of the things I would say also is when... uh, Maybe you're making the speaker contracts. Uh, you can even say if the speaker is going to sell something that they'll give you a set percentage. It might be a 50% commission or a 20 or 10% commission. So even from the speaker sales alone, you can make money. Uh, but if you don't agree to that, then it's so hard to ask once they've sold this stuff, right? So definitely have it in agreement, ideally in paper or print form. And, uh, you know, obviously agree kind of it's consistent with all of your speakers. Yeah. Most definitely. And, and that's what I always do. I always ask my speakers, do you have a course? And if they tell me yes, I'm like, do you have an affiliate program? Let, let me be an affiliate for your program. So then we can also promote their, their stuff beyond just the conference. Awesome. So, uh, yeah, tell us about the, the future vision of your company and also about yourself. Uh, I know we've been talking a lot about online conferences, but tell us a little bit about a glimpse in the future. You're talking about astrology. It might come into kind of this question, but uh, where, where yeah. do you see yourself in terms of yourself, your travels, your business, uh, your brand, and more uh, yeah. in the next few years and beyond? It's funny how you mentioned astrology because, like, my, my partner, she, she, she basically I mean, offers astro- astrology readings. Um, and tarot reading. So she basically, so I, I before I met her, I, I really did not believe in that, right? I'm just like, I'm super like, oh, that's just all bullshit, right? But then after we, we started dating, it was just like, okay, this really makes sense. Like a lot of things that she's been telling me has been happening, right? Like I'm not even forcing it. So basically based on her readings, <laughs> I'm going to be speaking more. So that's really just kind of what I've been focusing on as well. Chris, the, few, the, the goal of Chris Media really is to become this educational hub for entrepreneurs and marketers. So whether that's through the form of online conferences or courses or physical conferences or physical meetups, that's really the goal for Chris Media that we really just grow to become like the TEDx for entrepreneurs and marketers. We run, I just want it to be like, oh, I really need to learn more about paid traffic. Who do I turn to? Oh, Chris Media. They run online conferences featuring all these experts. You know, I'm just going to, I'm just going to attend one of their conferences. That's the goal for Chris Media. Now my own personal goal is just to kind of get myself kind of, you know, uh, more more speaking conferences like you know because I, I spoke I spoke at one already so just really getting myself like getting more of it um, and then just kind of just traveling more because like right now I've been here in Mexico City for two years um, you know as, as a digital nomad a lot of people are like you know they have this idea that you have to move all the time but the truth is when you move so much you really just kind of lose focus in your business and I, I can't be moving so often because I love where I live right now I've got really fast Wi-Fi and it's awesome and it's it's necessary for my business so when I move to a new place or a new country or Philippines, for example, there's like the Wi-Fi is super bad. That's literally my whole business, man. Like <laughs> I need fast Wi-Fi. So um, there's a lot of things to consider as well. And the time you need to look for a new apartment and everything. So, but that said, we are, we're actually going to Cuba, uh, Cuba next in September for, for a week. So everything has to be on automation <laughs> then because there's no, like, there's, like Wi-Fi is super ridiculously expensive there and you just cannot work out of there um but just really just to kind of travel more next year i i hope to go back to asia um maybe later part of next year because i've been away for almost like two three years now and i do miss asian food i went back like last year just for uh, the conference that, that i was invited to speak at but that was it right like i had one i had two weeks to like eat everything and like 
like I mean, if you've been to Asia, you know how impossible it is to like eat everything there is to offer in two weeks. You need like a good few months to like really just get fat over there. So um, I'm really looking forward to going back to Asia and just kind of hanging out with my people and not being like the only token Asian <laughs> walking around the streets here. <laughs> um, so yeah, just kind of just a lot of traveling um, upcoming for next year after kind of being on a hiatus for a while here. Um, and just kind of, yeah, this kind of growing my business, kind of just giving more, 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 uh, you know, ways of, of kind of engaging the entrepreneurs and marketers in, uh, you know, besides just online conferences. Sounds great. Uh, definitely the best, uh, wishing the best in your vision forward in terms of uh, getting more speaking engagements and uh, traveling more and, uh, you know, obviously uh, creating more success with your branding, your online conferences, and also equipping others to uh, create more conferences themselves. So if people wanted to, uh, you know, register for some of your upcoming conferences, maybe even uh, reach out to hire you to produce conferences for them, uh, how can they connect with you in terms of your website, social media, and more? Sure. So you can always connect with me on my website. It's chrismedia.com. Chris, C-H-R-Y-S, media. Just because, like, you know, I was so inspired by uh, Gary Vaynerchuk. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, no, that's not totally not true. But uh, chrismedia.com. Or you can just connect with me on social media. Everything um, at this is Chris Tan. So this is C-H-R-Y-S-T-A-N. Um, really, just, just reach out to me if you need any help with with uh, online conferences, um, you know, whether it's one-on-one -on -one consulting or you need me to actually do it or you want to attend one of my conferences or get my season pass or attend freebies on my, on my website as well, you know, whether you are new to starting a business or whether you are trying to grow your traffic or whether you are trying to grow an e-commerce store, we've got different freebies for, for different people. Awesome. Well, uh, Chris, I wanted to give you a big uh, thank you for being on our show here today. Uh, muchas gracias, uh, and we'll catch up with you soon. Thank you so much, Rick. Thanks for your time. No worries. Thanks for your time. And uh, we'll have those links below uh, to Chris's website and also to our conferences and uh, to our social media. Uh, so make sure you connect with Chris and all of the amazing stuff she's doing. Make sure you connect with us as well. We're daddyblogger.com and, of course, digitalnomadmastery.com as well. And we'll catch up with you guys in the next episode. Happy travels.